kind of wake up with that mission mentality and it gives me something to focus on. And I think that's really important because there's a lot of really fun things in your backyard. Uh, a board is an expression of creativity, of exploration. April 18th, 2020. Sup everyone, I'm Paul Clark. Sup Paul, welcome back to the podcast. If you're keeping track, if you're taking notes, it's the 35th day of the Oregon coronavirus quarantine. In dark times, it's important to stay creative. And in these dark times, I've been inspired to reach out to people to learn how they're staying creative, what they're doing to be motivated, staying healthy, safe, and sane. Over this last month, I've talked to a number of people who have broadened my perspective and have given me hope and optimism. Over the last couple of days, I've talked to a couple of really different people from different places of the world who share a common faith, a common belief, a common passion in the form of the river. Robin Bell from Calgary is an adventure paddleboarder and instructor. And Ian Smith from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, who runs Surf's Up Adventures, an urban river outfitter that really has put a number of people on the river who wouldn't have been on the river otherwise. Lots of kids, lots of inner city youth, lots of people who have over the last 10 years become river stewards in an environment that you probably wouldn't even know that there are rivers. In this conversation, in this episode, we're talking with Ian about his business model and his optimism for the future as a business and his optimism for river travels. I met Ian about five years ago at the Pay at River Games and learned quite quickly that I knew nothing about the river. During those races, I spent most of it upside down under my board swimming, where Ian was winning, competing well, and doing everything with a big smile. As you listen to this conversation, you will hear his infectious laugh and his continuous smile throughout. Those are the people that I'm reaching out for. These are the people that I want to hear from. So without further ado, actually, one further ado, I interviewed Ian on my phone via Skype. Well, that Skype conversation crashed somewhere. Fortunately, I had another microphone that I was backing it up. The audio quality is not perfect, but as I grow as a podcaster, both my voice will improve, my listening skills will improve and my audio quality will improve so thanks for bearing with me thanks for your patience without further ado ian smith hello 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 paul how are you well how are you doing i'm doing good man doing good uh oh there's the it is my uh is my video up i'm not sure if i had it uh it's going to be startling. I, I haven't had a haircut in what, what feels like uh, <laughs> years. <laughs> there we go. Oh, I have my thing. I have my thing covered. Hang on one second. Yeah, there you <laughs> there are. There it is. The reveal. <laughs> How are you, sir? Awesome, awesome. I have my uh, my my earbuds in too. I figured the audio would probably be better. Yeah. Um, how does it sound? Sounds great. The the quarantine life, man. The extended time. <laughs> what are you actually doing? We'll get, we'll get into this, but what are you actually doing? Not too much. I've been trying to paddle as much as I can. Our our parks are still open, which I can you know tell you guys about uh, for the pod. But mm -hmm. um, been doing that, and you know trying to stay motivated and and keep working. But with um you know with Surfs of Adventures being on hold, it's tough to you know really put the nose down and and get to work because I don't know if I'll be even you know able to operate this year. So. Yeah, just been uh, you know trying to keep busy. We have a 
basketball court and a tennis court that um, Megan and I, my fiance, can play, you know, right in our little neighborhood, which is cool. So for me, just staying active, you know, that's pretty much it. <laughs> Trying. <laughs> Thank you for being a, a guest on the podcast. Ian Smith. I remember paddle boarding with you. We've only done it a couple of times, and it was a few years ago at the Payette River Games, and I was impressed by your yes. technical abilities. Uh, I realized watching Thank you <laughs> and some others that uh, I had a long way to go before I considered myself a river paddleboarder. So, so th- yeah, I remember that. <laughs> not, not, not the paddling. You, you, were, you were a great paddler as well, but I, I'm remembering the Payette River Games. What a, what a great time in the sport, and uh, what a cool event that was to bring people from all around the world. Um, you know, in this small niche group uh, mixed with the ocean paddlers. It was pretty, that was a pretty special event. I I definitely miss that. Yeah. Uh, And for my audience, tell me who you are and what you're doing and where you're doing it. Sure. Yeah. So my name's Ian again, and thank you for having me on the podcast. I'm excited to uh, see what you're going to put out with this. It's always fun to watch a lot of the, the cool content that you create. Um, you know, it's always amazing quality. So kudos to you for that. Thank you. Um, but, uh, yeah, happy to be here. Um, my name's Ian again. I'm from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, which is on the East coast of the United States. I run a company called Surf's Up Adventures, which is a, a paddleboarding outfitter. We do a lot of guiding, instruction, uh, teacher certifications. Um, my passion is whitewater paddling, as you mentioned. Um, I got started with that in around, well, maybe about 2009 or so. So I've been doing it a long time. Um, my friend, good friend Rob Mazzetti and I started, you know, just kind of picking up boards and, and running down some rapids and just got addicted to it. So I've been doing it since then pretty uh, emphatically, I guess you could say. Um, so Surf's of Adventure is my primary, um, you know, that's my career. And then I also run uh, an organization called First Waves where we take uh, underserved youth and special needs groups and we introduce them to river surfing and whitewater paddling. Um, and then sort of akin to your, your passions, we also teach them about filmmaking, uh, digital media. And we, we allow them to uh, sort of take part in conservation workshops. So they're inspiring other people by getting out on the rivers, cleaning them up, uh, planting trees, doing all kinds of great stuff that helps them out a lot. And uh, that's sort of my, my other passion is, you know, sharing my rivers, the outdoors, um, and kind of giving kids the, uh, the keys to the, to the car, letting them run with it and see where they take it. So uh, between Surf's Up and First Waves, those are my uh, two primary things that I'm doing with, with paddleboarding. A very interesting business model. How did you how did you find that to be your your career, your passion? Yeah, it's a it's a great question. Um, so Surfs Up started. I, I guess Rob and I were were running rivers, and we really had no idea what we were doing. We were sort of learning on the fly. Um, at the time, there were maybe two or three YouTube videos that you could even find of whitewater sup. Uh, you know, Dan Gavir, um, Corin and C-Mac and a few, you know, maybe a few others, but there was not much instruction and we were hooked. You know, we only had one board between us, so we'd have to hike the rapid and give it to the other guy and take turns. Um, it took us like a year or two before we actually had two boards. Um, but we realized, I, I sort of realized right away, you know, that this is something that I think people are going to be really into. Um, and, and again, there was no outlet for instruction. So, the idea behind Surf's Up Adventures was born. Um, I was working in a job at the time uh, doing uh, pipeline mapping and surveying, and uh, I got laid off from that position, um, and I had you know a lot of free time. So we, we did a lot of exploring, got, got really into paddling, um, and I took the, a, a little bit of money that I had saved up and bought uh, four boards, basically, and I would strap those to the roof of the car. 
uh, it was when Groupon was just getting started. Mm -hmm. So I sort of thought that was a great way to kind of, you know, get my business out there really quickly and kind of get something started and just see where it headed. Um, so I, I ran a Groupon, had four boards, could take a family of four out. Um, and, uh, and it was kind of born from that, just a sort of a really low budget organic growth thing that sort of slowly consumed my life. <laughs> <laughs> and was that on the rivers to start off with? Were you putting people in helmets and... Yeah, so great question. Uh, I sort of, in my vision, it was rivers and, uh, you know, white water. But uh, the reality of that quickly, uh, quickly soaked in that that wasn't going to be, you know, the, the core of the business. Um, so I adapted really fast and kind of incorporated uh, some great flat water locations um, here in Pittsburgh. If you don't know, Pittsburgh is a river uh, city of three rivers. Um, so we have a lot of waterways that converge here. Um, the Allegheny, the Monongahela and the Ohio converge right at the point um, in downtown. So you've got all of those bodies of water, and then we've got some great places um, like Moraine State Park. That's my sort of my uh, my base camp. That's that's where I do most of my trips. So we've got a lot of great flat water here as well. And uh, yeah, there's the whitewater is still a small aspect of it, um, but it's still one I'm passionate about. So I'm glad that to to be able to have people, you know, getting more and more interested in in that side of it as well. Especially youth. Every time I look at your social media, it seems like you have so many people that you're introducing the lifestyle, the sport, the creativity to. I'm, I'm really impressed. I'd like to actually, uh, you're one of a few people that I'd really like to go visit. I've been saying that for years now, but I mean, just seeing what you've for been sure. doing and how your organization has grown and I think, you know, just a really good service for your community. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, and especially with First Waves, it's really cool, um, you know, to see how, how quickly the youth take to it. Um, and, be, and they don't really have any exposure to the rivers at all. So, um, you know, the, there's a stigma around the three rivers that, you know, the previous steel uh, industry left a lot of pollution, um, which is still largely the case in a lot of watersheds. So that's why we, we want to have that conservation advocacy component to the program. But um, for, for that reason, though, a lot of people are afraid to go in the rivers and they don't know how to safely recreate. So we'd like to bridge that gap by, you know, taking the kids out and then also showcasing the films to say this is something that other kids can be getting involved in and, and even adults that don't, are still afraid to get into it. So um, but, yeah, it was interesting. And going back to first waves, like like you said, it's kind of crazy getting uh, people involved in Whitewater Sup and. You can imagine the conversation with Big Brothers Big Sisters, who was our first um, youth uh, group that we we kind of uh, came to with the idea, and uh, trying to convince them to let us take the kids down rapids on paddleboards was, you know, it, and in its day it was a brand new thing. So it was pretty, it was pretty cool of them to let us actually do it. <laughs> I'm really surprised and enjoy it when a person might have their trepidation, and you know, focusing on progression, focusing on you know, being on your knees to a variety of stances, standing up and, you know, a variety of types of moving water, like a person might have some fear and some trepidation. Uh, but after they've been set up for success, just the, the joy. I've taken more people on the river who have had no river experience. And I think they've, they've become it in a relatively short That's amount awesome. of time. You know, obviously, there, there's more to rivers than just a couple of introductions. There's swift water classes, there's paddling with friends, there's getting more experience with the different things. But that introductory phase is a really important phase. And I think it definitely is. Have you seen, you've been doing this now for how many years? 
Uh, this is the 10th year in business for Surf's Up Adventures. And then um, First Waves, the youth program, uh, it's been around since 2014. So uh, about six, uh, six years there. Have you seen any of your students um, become river, river stewards? Have they become coaches? Have they been outdoor athletes? Actually, one of the uh, it was it was cool. I watched a, a documentary uh, called "Live the Stream," which is about a, a fly fishing legend that's from uh, Pennsylvania, Joe Humphreys. He was always a hero of mine. Um, you know, I sort of try to exude his passion for clean water. And uh, I was watching the documentary, and I, I saw one of the kids that he was teaching that's on the U.S. Uh, I think international fly fishing team was one of our first kids from uh, from First Waves. So I thought, even though it's not sub, you know, it was really cool to see that he'd taken the river passion and, you know, continue to do something really special with it. So, yeah, I contacted him and it turns out he got to meet Joe and was on the documentary and, uh, you know, they've won all kinds of competitions and stuff. So that was really cool. Um, I think one of the most rewarding things, though, is like the kids get to make a film as they're going through the program. And, um, you know, a lot of the kids have come back to me three, four years later, and they're asking about, uh, you know, me to be a, uh, a reference for them when they're applying to colleges or, or applying to different jobs. And they're able to use that film to showcase something really positive that they did for the community. So, you know, whether they're paddling still or not, they're still taking those, you know, those lessons that we give them about leadership and about overcoming challenges um, you know, being on a recording like this or, or being interviewed by, you know, a newspaper reporter and um, all that's really special. But the, the core group that we have here in Pittsburgh, a lot of them have been uh, previous clients that have come on their first trips with us or been first wave volunteers. Um, so the, you know, still relatively small group that does exist in Pittsburgh is mostly sort of all tied together in some way. Um, a lot of them have been really great volunteers. So really, really lucky for that. What a great organization. And Given the the moment that we're living in right now, what type of quarantine uh, restrictions, closures, uh, et cetera, are in your area, and how's that going to affect business for you? Yeah, yeah. So um, that's a great question, and it, it's still been early. You know, March and April are still sort of colder months for us, so we're not really getting into full swing with business. Um, and really lucky, we've just come off of a, just an amazing run of perfect water levels. So like since mid fall or so, we've had just great levels consistently, which doesn't always happen here. We, we, we often get good, good levels, but not quite this great this long. Um, so I've been doing, um, I'm keeping it mellow. I've, since the beginning of the quarantine, I've been really serious about, you know, self-isolating and stuff, but. Um, I'm able to get in the car and go to our, our local parks have stayed open, um, and that includes uh, McConnell's Mill State Park, uh, Slippery Rock Creek, who, which colloquially is known as the Slip, and that's probably the most frequently run uh, whitewater around here, and it's just a whitewater stop paradise. You, you would love it. If you, if you come to visit, that's where we're going to go, um, and that's been open, and, and it's an easy, easy-ish bike shuttle. So I've just been doing solo laps over yeah. and over again. Um, and that's, that's not un, un akin to what I would be doing anyway. Um, and we've had some of, uh, there's another Creek that's what I describe as sort of park and plate creaking. It's this amazing little stream that just comes out of the Allegheny plateau and, uh, into the Allegheny river, just a, just a masterpiece of whitewater sub creaking. And it's not so hard that you wouldn't want to solo it if you're familiar with it. Um, you know, it is, it is technical and challenging, but that's come in a few times and that, that just is like, uh, that's the best for us. And it, I get so happy just even thinking about it. So I've been lucky to have those close enough, um, so that I'm still getting to run whitewater, still getting, you know, challenged enough, but keeping it, 
mellow. I, I don't want to be, you know, a, a bane or on, on any of the hospitals or anything. So I'm keeping yeah, it mellow. Sure. Uh, and I guess it's an interesting thing. Like what do you define as local, you know, paddling? And for me, those two spots are sort of my go-to and they're within an hour. So I've sort of decided that an hour is local for me and I haven't out, gone outside of that realm. Um, you know, might be a little farther than, than probably is preferred, but, uh, but that's sort of what I've been doing. And other than that, I haven't been in any establishment, you know, I get in delivery groceries, everything. So hanging in there. I hope you guys are doing all right out there too. Oregon's quarantine. This is day 34 of it. And fortunately I haven't, uh, known anybody who's been sick. Uh, in, in the state. I haven't known anybody who has really suffered from the, the virus part of it, but the social and economic is, is pretty devastating. Uh, the Pacific Northwest is pretty liberal in, it, in, its, in its policies, so right off the bat they were focusing on how to keep the community safe through social distancing and then uh, stay-at-home mandates, and we've been pretty good for keeping that curve down. Seattle in particular is where it started in the United States, and uh, pretty early on they took uh, pretty drastic steps. How, what about for, for your community? You know, the more and more people are getting pretty upset for having stay-at-home mandates yeah. to the states. Yeah, yeah, it's and it's a mixed bag. Um, you know, I, I think economically, like you said, that's going to be the biggest impact here. Like, uh, you know, I, I have no idea I've, whether we're going to even have a season. Um, so for someone like me with such a small business and, you know, such a, it's just going to be really difficult for sure. So I, I know that's going to be the case for, for so many people. So that's definitely scary. Um, we mm -hmm. have known a few people that we think have had it a lot a lot of the testing seems pretty delayed and, and, you know, uh, they're not really doing it too much, but we, we have, um, my fiance, Megan has a lot of friends in the nursing community. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. you know, we get to hear some of the stories and, um, I don't think, uh, our area has been necessarily inundated, but we're only about five or six hours from New York city. So, you know, we're definitely feeling that, that sort of secondary, um, you know, impact where people are definitely feeling the impact for sure. And we do know people that have had it. Um, you know, quite a few actually. So um, it's a scary thing, but luckily we've been, you know, staying safe and, and took the quarantine pretty serious right away. So, uh, you know, all things aside, just hoping everybody else is staying healthy and taking it serious because, you know, it's a, uh, yeah, it's a crazy time. It, it is. It is a crazy time. And it sounds like you're being able to be pretty positive through it and, and stay healthy and sane. About what's the, the size of the, the river community, whether be paddleboarding or any other type of whitewater in the Pittsburgh area? Is it a pretty large uh, community? Great question. Um, so Pittsburgh itself, it's not a huge city. Um, you know, I think we rank somewhere around 50 in the U.S. Aside. So it's a, it's a good-sized city, and we, we do have the three rivers. I think the uh, that stigma that I mentioned earlier sort of thwarted the growth early. Um, you know, so when I started the company, you, you know, I usually got the question of what is this? I think yeah. people were doing it sort of as a novelty thing. They had never heard of it. And it took a while to catch on for sure. There's still a relatively, I think, compared to most places, especially out your way and, you know, California, it's much smaller. Um, the people that are involved in it are pretty core, you know, they're, they're either serious about, you know, the flat water racing and, mm -hmm. and flat water paddling like we have on the three rivers. Uh, the whitewater community still very small, um, but you're starting to see there's a relatively large kayaking and, and rafting uh, network here. Um, Ohio Powell is a really, really big, um, you know, whitewater Mecca and we have West Virginia, which the whole state is just, you know, it, it's amazing. So, 
a lot of the whitewater people that are usually kayaking or canoeing or rafting or they're slowly starting to kind of get into sup at least as a secondary you know sort of hobby mm-hmm. so it's been growing i i wouldn't really have good numbers to kind of put a number sure. on it um but our yeah just to give you an example like our the core group that i paddle with i would say is you know less than a dozen that are that are whitewater stand-up you know paddlers um you know, at their core. So, you know, somewhere in that, you know, somewhere in that small, that small of a range. Um, but the people that are dabbling in it, that's what's been growing more so because you have that whitewater base. Um, and we do, we have a whitewater park, but it's about an hour and a half from Pittsburgh. Uh, it's called Greenhouse Park, really fun park. Um, in the Johnstown community, that's where we do a lot of the first ways programs. Uh, there's, there's quite a few people kind of popping up there that are also starting to pick it up. So, um, it's getting there. And I would say, you know, it's, it's tough for me to know if, if we're on the smaller scale, like, I feel like it's kind of got those little niche, niche groups throughout the country. And then at combined, it seems like a lot, but you know, individually you're like, oh, is this it? <laughs> this is all there is. <laughs> what was your background in whitewater before standing up on a board? Yeah. So, <laughs> um, that's part of, part of the equation that when, when, I, when the, um, you know, when that all started, I, we had this friend, uh, Rob, Rob, who, who's a good friend of mine and who pretty much, you know, we were, we were inseparable and we were just getting started in this. We just got hooked. Um, and he was really big into climbing and the guy that introduced him to climbing, um, he actually lives out in Washington state. It's closer to you, but, uh, his name's Wheeler and, um, just an amazing mountain guide and, you know, guides on Rainier and McKinney, McKinley and all, all kinds of cool places. And uh, he took, he invited us down to Ohio Powell, uh, to go rafting. And Rob and I had never been rafting before in our lives. Um, this was probably, you know, a couple years before we, we got started paddleboarding. And um, we get down there and we're, you know, really excited. And there, it's raining nonstop and the, the river is just coming up super high. And uh, apparently it got to a level where the, the commercial guiding was not even happening. So we had to sort of <laughs> commandeer a raft and, and, and head down to this just giant swollen river and um i was mortified always been you know had a very healthy respect for the river and uh yeah i was addicted though i I was totally hooked i wondered how to get into this and um and after that uh rob and i started running it on what we call the fun yak it was this inflatable sort of basically a glorified pool toy uh and so for at least like a year or two that was all we were doing was just running you know little creeks and stuff around our house and so basically, my, my whitewater experience was zero before <laughs> buying a board and intending to do it in the river. Um, so for years, we didn't even see anyone else on the river. We would just go out whenever you know, whenever we could, and uh, largely self-taught for better or worse. I think in some ca- in some cases it was a good thing, and in other cases it definitely slowed the progression. <laughs> um, but but yeah, no no experience whatsoever. Uh, so yeah, so I've stayed pretty true to whitewater stuff. It's about all I can do. <laughs> And and more and more people, including myself, have that background too, like zero river experience. All of a sudden, you're on a board and you really realize, hey, this this is an experience. And well, I'm on a river now, so I have to learn what the rivers are. And I've found the people who don't have a lot of river experience are actually the the better students because they're willing to like <laughs> go right from the foundation. And, and work from that, whitewater kayakers in particular, I don't mean to speak badly about anybody, but whitewater kayakers, if you say, hey, get on a board, 
they instantly want to stand and instantly fall in and will <laughs> immediately tell you your sport is dumb. <laughs> so they, 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 they know how to run class five. They know how to run class five. So obviously I could stand up on a board through class two, class three rapids. Well, obviously it's not the case. <laughs> Yeah, I, I can attest to that. You never you never know. That's what one of the things you learn as a as a teacher, as a, as you're kind of indicating, is uh, you know you never judge your your students beforehand based on you know anything. <laughs> you kind of have to take it, you know, take it one step at a time and have patience and uh, and belief. I think is the biggest thing. You know, making sure that um, that people believe that they can do it, especially those newer newer paddlers. But so, uh, yeah, that's that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> there will there will be newer paddlers who will listen to this podcast. So, what's your advice? What are a few things that you would, that you do tell people and demonstrate to people to get onto a board safely in moving water? One of the first things is making sure that you're starting on a body of water that is suitable for your skill level. You know, you'll see a lot of people heading out in just you know kind of crazy swollen swollen streams that you know they probably have no business being on and you you can't learn those fundamental skills when you're just kind of hanging on um so you know the where you're going is a is a big part of it um obviously the the safety equipment and having a lot of padding um you know making sure that you're you're well equipped to be be out there is is vital um and all that to say i mean the easiest thing is to find somebody that has a lot of experience so that they can make the judgment as to where the right place to go is um and can give you a a a good beginner experience and and my ethos with surfs up and with first waves it's always been about giving people an amazing experience right away i don't want them to have that i fell down uh you know i feel shame and or i'll never try this again experience um i've had that with some things uh paintball being one of them i'm the worst paintball player of my, of, in the world um and i'm never going back you know so if you don't have a good experience right away you know you might not uh you might, you might not come back but i want people to really love it um so yeah you know find a good outfitter a great instructor teacher friend um and i think that's i think that's the best thing you can do it'll be money well spent because you'll be able to really invest in you know the right direction uh and and get the most out of it um but you know sort of along the lines of what rob and i did though there is there is something to the the feeling of adventure or doing something on your own and if that's what you're you're into you know i definitely encourage it but uh you know read a lot and do a lot get a lot of experience and make sure you don't get in over your head so you know, <laughs> either of those are are, are viable choices but Great advice, great advice. And th- during this entire interview, I get to see you, but you could also hear you have a big smile on your face during all of this. <laughs> You've been doing it for 10 years now, and uh, that's most that's more than most in the industry, and yet you clearly still have an enthusiasm and you enjoy it and and you're and you look forward to doing it more. And Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I mean, who would have thought that an urban environment could create so much stoke for river paddleboarding, or just paddling in general? Uh, yeah, I could. Yeah. I could see the Canadian Rockies. I could see uh, Colorado and the Pacific Northwest, or the Socha River in Slovenia. But you're like, no, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it seems it seems crazy and unlikely. And uh, you know, growing up here, I was really into fly fishing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, sort of my initial thoughts on that were you, you had to go out west to get the good fishing. But uh, little did I know that eastern Pennsylvania was a fly fishing mecca um, that people come to from around the country, around the world. Um, you know, like I mentioned Joe Humphreys earlier. And 
I, I learned pretty quickly with paddling that Pennsylvania and, you know, within a two hours drive, we're in Maryland um, and West Virginia and the Appalachians. And it has a lot, there's a lot to explore here. You know, we definitely haven't, um, haven't done everything that we want to do. And, and it's got a lot of diversity. And, and I think, um, you know, with the, with the bigger mountains, you get a lot of minimal season time. You know, a lot of the winters are going to be chalked up with snow. Um, we get to paddle usually pretty much year round here. Occasionally we'll get locked in with ice, but for the most part, we can paddle year, year round. Um, the, the rivers are in Pennsylvania tend to be really inviting for paddleboarding too, because they don't have a lot of the severe hazards that you get in some of those more extreme locations. So there's a lot of class two to, you know, three plus and, and, and four minus that are just ideal for paddleboarding. So, um, you know, it's, you know, you don't want to let the secret out too much. Sure. It might be on that guy. Yeah. You get, I don't know if I'll get you to come from Bend, Oregon and move here, but you should definitely do a trip. <laughs> what about multi-day options? There are some really cool options. There's a few that I want to do. Uh, West Virginia, I think, probably has more so. Um, the Cheat River is a, is a famous one that's got a lot of range. But, yeah, there are a lot. I definitely wouldn't be the expert on that, though. Uh, there, there's a lot of, like, I know people do it. I just I, I wouldn't be the guy to, mm-hmm. to give you the best itinerary, sure. though. And that's actually one of the things that I love most about the river paddleboarding as a sport is that it's a board and it's a river, but rivers are dynamic, and so is the perspective. Some people are river surfers on a board, and that's all they do, and that they're river paddleboarders. People like myself, I prefer sup-support multi-day trips. That's my thing. People instruct. People do raft support trips. People do day sections and really technical things. Of course, Kobe Bach down in southern Oregon, all he's interested seems to be is, is the biggest waterfalls. So, you know, whatever your craft is, you know, a board is a really great way to explore and be creative. And listening to what you have to say, I think the advice that I'm going to get from this is that you, you are at home, you're in a local area, be creative and explore it. A board is one way to explore a a place. Um, Be creative, be artistic. In these dark times, we're going to wrap it up here soon. In these dark times, what are some words of optimism that you have? Um, Clearly, you've been optimistic throughout this entire interview, so... Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm trying to trying to stay as positive as I can. Um, I think uh, I have two two things that I think I'd like to say about that. The first has just been, I think, setting little mini goals for yourself in this time. Like if I wake up with sort of the goal of I'm going to do a bigger section of you know the slip this you know this week or or that day, um, you know I kind of wake up with that mission mentality and it and it gives me something to focus on. Um, and I think that's really important because there's a lot of really fun things like you said in your backyard. Uh, a board is an expression of creativity, of exploration, um, and certainly of enjoyment. So whether it's a river wave that that's going to pop up for one day that you're hoping to catch, or you know a longer section of, of, of stream that you want to run, um, you know I think setting those small goals, as long as you can do them safely, um, you know, and close by, you know, explore that backyard wilderness a little bit. Um, that's been sort of my day to day sort of mental health uh, and physical health goal. That that's how I've been doing it. The little mini goals. Uh, and then secondly, I think, you know, for the people that are out of work, um, you know, like, like we, we, we're both out of work at this point and these small, small businesses are going to suffer the most, like with surfs up first waves, these are going to be trying times. And I think if, uh, especially if, if you are, you know, if you do have work, you do have some, some ability to support those businesses. I think that'd be great. Um, you know, I know how much it would mean for, for me to get, uh, you know, gift certificate buys or, or book future trips, 
Um, so I think anyone can, that can support their local community in any way, whether that's rivers or restaurants, um, you know, I think it goes without saying we should be supporting them because it, it's going to be a tough time. So those are my, my two uh, pieces of advice. And I'll definitely list uh, your business websites. Yeah, sure. So uh, surfsupadventures.com, that's, uh, that's where you can find all of our river trips and flatwater trips, uh, guiding. Um, we sell boards and equipment and do you know consultations for that stuff as well. And then uh, First Waves, you can check out some of the kids' videos and, uh, and, and support that at firstwaves.org. Um, and then for me personally, I just, uh, I pretty much just post everything through Surf's Up Adventures. So, um, you can find me on Instagram. If anyone wants to follow me, I'd be, I'd be really stoked for that. Um, but yeah, you can check all that stuff out there and, um, yeah. And, and be sure to follow us up, Paul. It's been awesome. <laughs> I, I think the, the last time we, we spoke, you, you were actually kind of hidden in a corner talking about a little secret project and you wouldn't tell me what it was at the time. And I think it ended up being the Sup Paul you know, sort of a network. So uh, it's been cool to see that sort of come to fruition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been a process. <laughs> so it's, it's been a, a process from just wanting to go out and do a, a, a multi-day river trip on a paddleboard to, you know, trying to get other people into it and learn how to take better videos and now listening better and, and having a podcast. So more opportunities through uh, river adventures for sure. I have to think about Pittsburgh. I want to go and paddle with you. Yeah, I want the introduction. Yeah. And if you want to come out I, to the Pacific Northwest or anywhere out West, let's do it. Uh, or I, even plan. I, I mean, I wanted this summer, I was planning a, a Montana trip and a, can, a Canadian trip. And who knows, you might have to come out and, and see the West a little bit on a board. That would be awesome. Yeah, I haven't done enough out there, so I'm definitely game. And you know my style. I like the yeah. you know, sort of the technical side and the, the low volume, and uh, I'm a sucker for a good green wave as well. So any of that stuff is, is right up my alley. And uh, maybe the first multi-day trip I do will be with you. Maybe, maybe that's how I have to break the ice with it, you know, and just get it done. Well, if that would be the case, I look forward to that very much. Perfect. All right. Dude, awesome, you're awesome. Man. Like, you were, you were awesome. nonstop smile the entire time. <laughs> I haven't seen a person other than Megan in a while, you know, it's, it's pretty cool. It's, it's fun to, uh, fun to connect. And, uh, you know, this is still a tight group, so I don't get to really talk about it that much. So it's, uh, it's been fun. I would do this all, you know, anytime for sure. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you so much for the time. Bye-bye. Thank you so much, Ian Smith, for your words of wisdom from the river. Everyone check him out at surfsupadventure.com and firstwaves.org. Good stuff there. River stewardship, creativity, and adventure. If you like this podcast, please review it, share it, and remember, as always, keep humanity more important than the person. Take care.